do me a favor. Will you read this to me? He who has felt the deepest grief is best able to experience the supreme happiness. We must have felt what it is to die that we may appreciate living. On your knees! After years of oppression, unfair oppression, sweet revenge. Hello, welcome once again to A Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country, the podcast, a weekly podcast that discusses and critiques each episode of the HBO television series, Lovecraft Country, based off of uh, the novel, Lovecraft Country. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state in New Hampshire, in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going? Hey, Phil, how are you? Uh, good, good. And in the state, uh, well, actually, the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? It's going well. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? Hello, this is Kevin. Kevin, how are you? Uh, I guess I'm all right. Excellent. Very good. Uh, for folks who are curious, today is... September 23rd, 2020, we are recording this on Wednesday, uh, three days after the release of the HBO episode, episode six, uh, which was on the 20th, uh, due to uh, some uh, items that, were, that came up with a few of us. Uh, we had to postpone the recording uh, just a bit, just a bit. Um, now... Uh, Let's see. For folks who are curious where they can find us, uh, even though this is a travel guide to Lovecraft Country, our website is darkdiscussions.com, which is the network of podcasts that we are a part of. You can uh, find us on that website and listen to us directly there, or you can search wherever podcasts are found under three different feeds. The first feed is a travel guide to Lovecraft Country. Uh, the second feed is Dark Discussions Podcast, and then the third feed is Dark Discussions Network of Podcasts, uh, so any of those. If you just want to hear this podcast, then uh, you would want the farmer of the three. If you uh, want to hear this podcast as well as any podcast that these co-hosts are on, then you would want to do Dark Discussions Podcast, and if you want to hear the entire network of podcasts, no matter who is the host, even folks that aren't on this podcast, that would be Dark Discussions Network of Podcasts. Um, so that's all I got there. Uh, we do have um, actually a couple of emails uh, from folks, uh, and uh, I'll uh, bring them up now. Um, uh, there's two of them, as I stated. Uh, the first one is actually from Sean Fox. Uh, Sean Fox is a listener from uh, Canada. He um, has been uh, following uh, the Dark Discussions podcast for a long time, as well as uh, various spinoff podcasts. And uh, he has a episode on this one here. And this is what he has to say. He says, hello, gents. This is my first chance to harass you with an email for this series. I have really enjoyed the previous episodes you guys have put together for this series, especially your takes on some of the highs and lows involved so far. I am so glad that your podcast is around to help me at least pretend that I am not a complete crazy ginger Canuck. 
only mostly crazy Ginger Canuck. I had been thinking about how the editing, pacing, and storytelling at times has felt off, but the cast has been phenomenal and sometimes outshone the weaker material that they have been given to work with. I do enjoy that each episode deals with different or multiple different genres, like tonight's uh, having a body horror and Faustian bargain take. Uh, so this is he's referring to, I think, two episodes ago of the series. Uh, but enough rambling for now. Thank you, gentlemen, for your fantastic efforts. I am wishing you and all the listeners a happy, healthy, and safe week ahead. Sean from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. Uh, the next one is uh, Amy Rain. Uh, Amy Rain is actually um, a podcaster on the network. She does the Fishnets and Phantoms podcast, which is a, generally a bi-monthly podcast. Uh, and it's actually my favorite podcast that I uh, am not a co-host on that I, I do listen to regularly. Uh, quick and short about anywhere between 15 to 30 minutes. Uh, unfortunately, she's at a minor hiatus uh, because of some health issues, uh, so hopefully she'll get uh, better and uh, start up the podcast shortly. But uh, this is what she has to say. Uh, she goes, hi, guys, good podcast. Things I was yelling at uh, my phone while listening to your podcast. Yes. Yay, yay, raised by wolves. Love that show. Would it be hard science fiction? because we did mention that last week uh, when we were talking about HBO items. Uh, Twilight Zone, not just Twilight, very different, uh, because we were discussing how some of these episodes of the show have felt more like Twilight Zone episodes, not Twilight episodes. Uh, Stonewall Riots, uh, we discussed that one last week because of last week's topic. Uh, it's a great story in sad circumstances. Basically led police on a drag... Scooby chase around New York City. Unfortunately, they were not having fun, however. Um, and then she says, Thank you. Most white women don't get free stuff, but yeah, pretty people do. I have seen it. And then she says, Ha, great decoding comments. Yes, very unbelievable. I uh, like the point about maybe William is another person. Also, didn't catch that the same lady as Dog Lady. Good catch. Also, good Jekyll and Hyde catch. Uh, Ruby's rape of the boss was terrific and way out of character for how we have been shown before. Maybe Montrose took the body back down the elevator shaft. Uh, oh, of that um, trans goddess character. Um, because, yeah, they, they did have that basement uh, in the mansion. Uh, also, no one smelled the dead body or the metamorphosis chunks. Dahmer's neighbors complained a lot about smells, the Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, bodies and blood smell a lot. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, yeah, what was the police guy? He had a black body with white head and limbs stitched on. Also, Ben said that the closet guy was missing his tongue. Uh, ben is her uh, either husband or, or partner, uh, but uh, boyfriend, whatever. Um, so, and that's a good point. Yeah, he had no tongue. That's the reason why he's one screaming. Uh, I want to find out what's going on with Uncle Joe's family. And uh, also, it needs more non-human monsters in general. We have enough real-life monsters in the news. 
Okay, talk soon. Amy Rain. All right, very good. Thank you, uh, Sean and Amy. Um, yeah, I was curious how people would, would uh, feel about our, our commentary and critique of, of the various episodes. Uh, I know uh, we did have one strange one when me and Mike did American Gods podcast, Searching for American Gods, uh, which you can also find on the darkdiscussions.com uh, website, um, where people are saying some guy, we, 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 it could have been a woman, we have no idea. Um, but uh, they, they were rude, we felt. Um, and again, we're, we're just throwing out our opinions and critiquing. Uh, Mike, you, you actually summed it up at the very beginning in our preview episode of this, that you know we're just four middle-aged white guys discussing a show that is uh, um, out of the perspective of not only black characters, but um, black showrunner and black or um, uh, writers and, and directors and, and such too. So uh, we're just trying to talk and critique what we are hoping is a good horror show. Um, and it appears that uh, with our experiences and what we know. And it appears that Amy, Amy is feeling uh, that we're, we're doing a pretty decent job, and, and so is Sean. So that, that's that's good to know. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they're they're from different parts of the world, different political perspectives, different genders, and different everything else. And so it's good to hear yeah. other people's voices. I, I like that Amy uh, seems to agree with a lot of our criticisms. I think it is fair to say, and I don't mean this as a criticism specifically of of the show, but the show does have a um, very much come from the woke perspective. Yes. Um, and there are, I don't completely align with the woke point of view. There's some, like anything that is a fairly large worldview, I'll agree with some things, I'll not agree with others. Um, but whenever you have a thing like this, and it doesn't necessarily just have to be from that point of view, it could be for any point of view, that is coming from a particular school of thought and making very overt political statements, um, you get cheerleaders. They're like, yes, you know, I'm so glad there's finally somebody saying this thing because nobody's ever said anything about racism before. But there are always people clap. Sorry, I'm just scaring the cat by clapping. And they're not actually. They're, they're rooting for the message and not for the storytelling, not for the acting, whatever. Um, and you know what? You know, as someone, you know, who's born and bred American, of course I don't like seeing all the ugly aspects of American history. Um, I'm not rooting for, yay, racism. You know, that's not not a thing that I necessarily enjoy, but I don't have a problem with, and I think it's a, uh, seeing it in a story like this. I certainly don't have a problem with that as a, as a fertile ground for exploiting a horror or horror-adjacent series. Um, but I don't think you know, they're having I, th I find they're having a hard time balancing the the two things, the real horror and the, the horror horror. Mm -hmm. And um, there's so much I do like about I do like the, the characters for the most part. I like the actors who are really probably the reason I like the characters, because they are bringing a lot to their performances. You know, the music, I think, is great. We, we had a dispute about that a bit last week. I think this, the, the, the style, the production, you know, the of capture. 1880s. That's. I mean, they could be completely wrong. Wasn't there then, but it feels good to me. 
uh, and given on a, I don't know what the budget is, but it's still a TV show budget, right? This is not a major motion picture. Um, so all those things I do like, and they are getting some interesting ideas there. But they're also like all <laughs> basic storytelling things. Well, maybe they brought the body down the basement. These are things that a viewer that is somewhat smart and savvy is going to be asking. You know, and we haven't like if this was, um, you know, like Supernatural, which is in its 15th season. Supernatural can hand wave away a lot of crap because they, they covered that ground back in season five. You know, we've seen them bury enough bodies and burn enough skeletons and whatever to know how they're dealing with things here. These are all new characters. We don't know how what their their uh, standard operating procedure is. Right. Right. So um, little things like that. And then just major things like your whole conceit is that this woman molts her skin and leaves a bloody trail wherever she goes. And yet nobody notices. <laughs> you know, this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Whenever they killed a vampire, he burst into dust. And the reason was we don't have to clean up the bodies. That was the showrunner's way of dealing with that. They had an excuse for it. If they had the blood and stuff just kind of crumble away to dust, then that's not there. It's a storytelling technique. We also they'll still have the problem of naked Ruby walking out the <clears throat> out the department store. But that's a whole other matter. So these little things, you know, they're they're little storytelling things. And again, for me, a lot of the horror isn't horrific enough to work as horror. It's that's why I said kind of horror adjacent. You know, even when they were doing things like ghosts and um, zombie Indian hermaphrodites, you know, it just uh, or this week, you know, dealing with a Korean monster. Um, I don't find I find them a little interesting, but I don't find the horrors playing well. And that's often, I think, going to be a, that's a stylistic thing. Right. You can tell we horror is a director's medium. And I'm not feeling the horror in most of the episodes. It, I did the first episode, but just that episode. Yeah, I'm feeling more of the human horror than I am feeling the monster horror for sure. And I expected monster horror with Lovecraft. You know, the, it's there, but it's not scary. Well, I mean, you're, you're using the name Lovecraft. Yeah. So, I mean, you're using the name Lovecraft. So it should be, um, you know, when they say Lovecraft, you know, country you would expect like an area where there's a lot of lovecraft things happening but there there isn't um so i mean for that yeah it's 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 definitely disappointing um but i will want to say uh thank you uh to the people who emailed sean um you're right though the uh, the actors are very good i i think they work very well with what they've got um you know i Except for the guy who played George, I don't Uncle George. I don't think I've seen any of these uh, actors before. Well, no, I did see uh, Smollett um, in Birds of Prey, but All right. what about that, Abby Lee? She was in uh, Neon Demon and I, Elizabeth yeah. Harris. I didn't see any of that, but like gotcha. I said, they all do a very act. Uh, and actually, the guy that played William is in Vikings, uh, and I have seen that some of those episodes, but. Uh, and also, Amy, I hope uh, hope you're feeling better. I hope everything goes well for you. And uh, and I can't remember. I think it was Amy who mentioned uh, about the elevator. Uh, like you know, George, uh, Montrose could have 
you know, shove the, the bodies, you know, the, the body of the bigendered person in the, in the elevator in the basement. I'm thinking, oh yeah, yeah, that is there, isn't it? So, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. Um, to, you know, that's, I mean, Hey, that's a, that's a good way to dispose a body. And in some cases, uh, they may the come back. Cave these things may come back. Huh? In some what, cases, what, what, these things may what, come back, too. So. What, 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 Kevin, continue. So you're saying that, but they didn't show it, right, is what you were implying? They didn't show it, no, but I think it was Amy who suggested that maybe that's how, that's how he did it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That's, I mean, that's plausible. I mean, for this show, that's very plausible because how many people, even who live in that house, know about that elevator going down to a subterranean uh passages you know no sure, no one yeah. knows about it because i mean the other bodies are down there and no one knew, you know they didn't know about it until you know they didn't know about it until they had to get in there from massachusetts so or wherever it was they were yeah, so, boston, boston right yeah. but yeah massachusetts right so um you know and that's still that that whole I mean, no one even mentioned it. It's like, wait, we're in, but we came in in Boston and now we're back in Chicago. How'd that happen? I mean, no one even mentioned that part, but we already discussed that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to rehash that. But it's still uh, filled with water, right? Uh, I don't know. Wait, yo. Well, even, even a, a a better way to dispose of, of the body. Right. No, I agree. Unless but you Mike have to be made, here to open the gate, <laughs> but but Mike but Mike made a good point, which is, um, you know, all they have to do is add a thirty second scene, right? Or even just a, a like uh, you've mentioned another uh, dark discussion episodes where they said all you needed was like one or two lines, like thirty seconds, and that's all you needed. Like I just listened to. Um, Oh, what was the one BR your one BR episode where it talks about the person who got the, the nail through the hand and how the doctor said, Oh yeah, you did a really good job with that. And that was all, I mean, that was all you really needed to answer a bunch of questions. Like why wasn't the hand more permanently damaged or whatever? They just had the quick doctor. Oh yeah, you did a good job. You know, you knew where to hit it and that was it. Right. Right. All right. Well, like this episode tonight, um, well, last Sunday, but this episode, there are, we, there are a few deaths on screen and then you see a woman come in with a bucket and a mop or something with cleaning supplies. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't need to see because it's messy, you know, we just assume, okay, the, given the, the history of the bodies that we get into that she has practiced cleaning up bloody messes. So that's all we need. It right. was cleaned up. Yep. You know, Montrose was there. He still had blood on his knuckles from murdering the thing. So, he, so he did a great job hiding the body, but he couldn't clean his hands. It was just right, right. Well, yeah, there, there's going to be some a lot of things about tonight's episode or, or Sunday's episode. Um, I mean, you, Mike, you keep on bringing up the mess of the deaths. Uh, I, I, one of the things I was going to bring up is we're talking about a serial killer of 99 different people, and and unless there is good as yeah, right. uh, but you know, you know. So we're talking about Gary, the the Green River Killer numbers, you know, which is one, you know, one person out of all the the three thousand serial killers that um, are on record um, in the past what eighty eighty years, whatever. 
you know, only one got away until they hit uh, close to a hundred. And that was the green river killer. And I don't, I, I mean, may, maybe, maybe South Korean police in 1950 are terrible. I, I don't, I don't know. It's just, well, it was during a war. So it was, that changed. It was out. during the <laughs> war and, Given how you know, well, well, there wasn't ninety nine killed during the war. It was ninety nine killed before the war. The past couple of years, yeah, this it because was before nineteen fifty. Yeah, it was nineteen fifty. Right, but you're also still dealing with a country just coming out of uh, the, the uh, occupation the by war. Japan. Japan. People yeah. getting killed for communism, sitting. You know, they were killing everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's maybe, uh, right. so it's a, a, I, so I, I don't. I, mean, I don't know what happened yeah, I, in I mean, Korea uh, before MASH, but it, I'm assuming it was a chaotic place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, if you thought it was bad in right. Korea, China was even worse. But right. that's another yeah. story well, altogether. Uh, right. Well, and I, I mean, it, you know, obviously it was worse. It was it was bad, no doubt. You know, trying to recover and whatnot. But I mean, uh, I'm curious to know: is it as bad as it's implied? Or is it similar to uh, the Marshall Plan in Europe, where those countries were bad too? But I don't see 99 people just disappearing in you know two years after the war without people noticing. You know, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just well, again, a yeah. things is one. It didn't. I mean, does it does it actually tell you how long this has been going on? Because I mean, you're, if well, you're just well, it has, low to, it has to be at least it has to be at least ninety nine days, and she says that the, she does maybe one a month, so it's not like like she's doing it daily, right? So, so it's been a couple that's, of, that's yeah, we get yeah, like so a two has, or three year period in the in the episode. Yeah, so right? you could be talking about you know anywhere from a five to ten or twelve year period if you're doing one a month um, or less, and we yeah. it certainly seems like. I felt to me like this was more than a one month story. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. so she hung in there for that last one for a while. So yeah. And, and given, right. given the, you know, forensics technology at the time and who's going to, and, and the fact that it's a supernatural thing, it's sort of, you know, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm willing to sort of, again, look aside because it goes with the territory of supernatural beasts where often you just don't, uh, worry about what the kill count is, especially. Well, it over didn't seem like she had to clean up bones. It was just like a bloody mess. Like, yeah, the bones were disappearing or something. Bones were disappeared. There was some right. skin. It was some skin left over, I think. But mostly, it was like right. somebody just burst a balloon with a lot of red paint in it. And, well, and, and well, and, and it's also ninety-nine people, and we're not just talking right. about uh, in, indigent people. We're, we're talking about you know, businessmen, soldiers, you know, soldiers, things like that. So yeah. it's, it's, yeah. So it's not like they would, would just be missed. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't know. That's just, well, I, I think that's, I think that's where you're starting to get again. There's a backstory. They didn't focus on the backstory. Right. Um, sure, sure. Except, except what was relevant. So if they wanted to, I'm sure they could have spent a whole nother hour going into it. I don't think it was necessary. Um, right. It was to set up, here's the creature, this is what the creature does. I, I don't know how these creatures murder people. Maybe they would, the whole tentacle thing dissolves the bones. I have no, or shatters the bones. <laughs> That's so they're tiny that. little pieces. Right. Yeah. Um, we, obviously, yeah, they, they, well, they definitely took liberties, for sure. They definitely took liberties from the, the um, 
what do we call it? The, you know, the, 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 the folklore. The folklore. It's a little different in the folklore. You know, you just search for that creature in Wikipedia or, or just Google it and and you'll you'll see it. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying, though, Mike. That's fair. That's fair. Um all right, so let's 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 do uh some some house cleaning of this. Uh Meet Me and Daegu uh is the name of the episode. Daegu is the fourth largest city in Korea. Um or I should say South Korea. Um it is um, not too far from the coast. Maybe it looks like about thirty to fifty miles, if that. Uh, not that far, really. It's um, um, pretty big city. Uh, I think it's like two point eight million or something right now. Uh, Helen Shaver uh, was the director. Uh, she's a Canadian uh, actress and television and film director. Uh, mostly uh, acting in supporting roles, uh, but she has done uh, directing um, of some some stuff. And we mentioned a lot of those shows last week, uh, which included 13 Reasons Why, Westworld, Snowpiercer, uh, Orphan Black, Revolution, uh, Vikings, and so on. Um, written by Misha Green, who is the um, the showrunner, of this and Kevin Lau, um, who I believe is from, I'm, I'm not sure exactly who he is, but I believe he's, um, Chinese ethnically. Um, but I couldn't really find much information about the man. Um, and, uh, got 0.737. So 737,000 viewers watched it live or started it. Um, streaming it during that hour that it was live. Um, so this is pretty much on average with, with the rest of the episodes. Um, the entire episode takes place in uh, South Korea. Uh, and and uh, I'm assuming Daegu. Um, it is uh, stars Jamie Chung. Uh, Jamie Chung um a pretty well-known character actress. Um, been in a lot of films and stuff. Um, and then uh, uh, the only other main actor is uh, the guy that plays uh, Atticus. Uh, everybody else is, is new to uh, uh, the series. Um, all right. So I guess we can go around and discuss our, our feelings uh, on, so on the on the show, the episode, I guess. So uh, we'll start with you, Barrett. Um, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was pretty well done. Um, it was. I, I liked the monster. I liked what was going on with that storyline. Um, I liked learning a little bit more about Atticus and what was going on with him during his time there. Um, and I thought the story was pretty well done. Um, it's probably pretty close to my second favorite. I still like the first episode the best, but this one's pretty close for me. All right. Very good. Uh, yeah, I'll go next. Uh, for me, um, I thought this was the worst episode of the series. I felt that it, it doesn't fit with the rest of the series at all. I, I didn't like the, the quote unquote woke parts of this. Um, I think they took uh, various things and kind of trivialized them or, or, or watered them down to the point where 
Um, anybody who would watch it that's not familiar with occupation of uh, or or uh, traitors or all these you know various things that happen in unfortunately war you know like uh, during say occupied France or or wherever the, the, the things happen where um, they wouldn't normally happen in non wartime that the, they're they kind of I don't know we'll, we'll we'll discuss as we get into it um, it makes uh, the Atticus character it kind of kind of makes me it may it's it's an insult to the Atticus character this because uh, based off of the book and I'm sure Kevin will verify this for all who are listening um, it turns Atticus into a murderer and a war criminal uh, while in the source material he is not at all so it's almost um, it's unfair to the source material and the lead character by portraying the character in a different way in this episode. I didn't like the CGI and uh, various other minor things that, you know, nitpick stuff like 99 people just disappearing, you know, that stuff. Uh, So it wasn't one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I I wasn't a real fan of of this episode at all uh let's go with you mike yeah um it's interesting i liked a lot of what they did in the episode um there there was which you put your finger on what they did with atticus i thought really hurts his character in my mind um the shift in perspective this reminded me of uh if you remember in season two of westworld uh, they spend uh, an entire episode telling the story from the perspective of one of the Native American characters. Robots, yes, yes yeah. Yes, so it so it yep. so it shifts it and tells a story, and that was it. Would, for a lot of people, think it's the best episode of the series. I don't know about that, but it certainly was a beautifully told story, and I was engaged in it, even if it didn't necessarily move a lot of the the main story forward. Here, it's filling in a lot of stuff, I guess, about the backstory here, but most of it is only very tangentially related to the main story. And I wasn't quite as emotionally engaged because you are still dealing fundamentally with a monster. A serial killer monster. That has, by her own admission, murdered 99 people in, in <laughs> what she said, all of them more bad than good. Which is not like saying all of them horrible, evil people. They're just like, <laughs> eh. They're kind of skeevy, you know. That's kind of what it's like. Uh, it doesn't seem like, and you know, you start. I, I'm murdering. I'm murdering. I'm murdering 99 people, but I'm judging them. Right. So, uh, um, again, I don't necessarily have a problem because it is what the creature is. Um, there are some nice moments. I do think they they hit some story themes. Hard. There are some parallels here between Atticus and her um, in terms of the relationship with parents and trying to be, you know, abusive parents or trying to change what they are. Um, there are, and in that regard, you're also dealing with parallels with Judy Garland. Um, I think <clears throat> I don't have an issue with them necessarily bringing up uh, American atrocities during the Korean War. It's really, really hard for me to reconcile being sympathetic, sympathetic, and I know with the the communists, and I I want to be clear, I understand there's a difference between a person who is communist 
and a government that's communist. But given what has happened with the, the North Korean government over the last uh, 70 years, it's sort of like, well, maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know. It's really, maybe being the communist in that particular dispute wasn't such a good idea. Um, and I really don't know. This is where my own ignorance of the, the pre-war Korea thing comes in, because I don't know if it was a common thing for them to string up communists then. Although, I mean, we all well, know. I'll say this, Mike. I'll, I'll say this, Mike. After World War II, uh, in Italy and France and Norway and various other countries, um, they had no issues uh, executing and hanging uh, collaborators with the Nazis. Right, but those were right. But it's like I said, this was a, this was a mob in the street. Um. I don't know what this woman had done if she was a collaborator, uh, but guy, yeah, I actually. think it was the guy. Was a guy that got oh, the guy. Sorry, right. Yeah. Um, so, right. So my point is that if you're doing a thing, and yes, it has come to light in more recent years some really bad things the Americans, some American soldiers did over there, and, and generals and whatnot. I don't like. I am not comfortable with putting the North Koreans as the sympathetic, as well yeah. as the Chinese, because the Chinese, and the Chinese who are also the Chinese more yeah. than the North Koreans, and people don't yeah. know. That. Well, it's it's interesting because I mean, okay, my take on it is, um, I mean, it was interesting to see the because Atticus, you know, a few times in previous episodes, you know, said, you know, I did some bad things. And it was, I mean, there was an, it was an interesting change of, you know, change of scenery, change of settings, just to kind of get a little side story, maybe get a little background into the character of Atticus himself, what he was dealing with as he was coming back, because obviously, you know, he had, well, let's face it, Atticus has now, I mean, Atticus has baggage. We now have an idea of what that baggage is. Um, we know what he's, we kind of know the skeletons in his closet now. And so even though it makes Atticus look, you know, look bad at the same time, though, Atticus wasn't really uh, secretive about it. He's, I mean, he didn't go into detail what he did, but he said, look, I did bad things and I really regret it. I mean, it, it was haunting. It's been haunting him. Um, so now we also know who he's been talking to on the phone. The one who said you shouldn't have left. Um, you know, I have some some comments. I mean, the CGI really, I have to admit, I don't care about it all. Um, I really didn't care. I'm sorry. I, I know I know. Phil is like, oh, the CGI was terrible. It's like, look, I really didn't care. I was more into I was more interested in the story. Uh, they hung up a communist guy, but you don't know if he, you know, you don't know if he was passing on information. He's an, he was either an ally or, is he, or he, he was he was probably more a sympathizer. Um, but the thing is, is that there's a couple things that I had in mind. Uh, I was thinking about and I'm, I'm, I'm almost losing him now. Um, now, now, me and my background, I'll, I'll let you know, in my in my past, I have dated two women that were from Korea. Uh, and one woman whose mother is Korean, 
who's uh, who, you know, she met her, you know, she met her husband during the Vietnam War. He was stationed in, in Korea at the time. So, I mean, when I'm talking with them, they never said really anything about um, they never really did. They never really talked about, oh, we hate America because of the Korean War. They never really brought it up. They were not Korean Americans. They were Koreans in America. Okay, they're they're all backing. Well, the the two of them that were full blooded Koreans, they're back in Korea right now, you know. And the thing is, while I was talking with them, and I would say, you know, we would talk a little bit about it, and they never really said anything about, oh yeah, we hated the Americans, you know, during the Korean War. They never really said anything. Uh, they never really said that. Um, I mean, it was even interesting that one uh, woman. I actually was the woman who was half Korean that was telling me that um, at least uh, a lot of times when the um, when some of the soldier when some of the soldier like the platoons would come into the into the uh, into the villages, they would actually pass out candy there. They were actually friendly with the, the, the Korean villagers. Now, we know that there were atrocities, unfortunately, no matter what where you're going to get, you're going to get atrocities. And it's it's not acceptable not acceptable but we know understand that it happens and um but the thing is is that if there was ever um anti-american sentiment uh in in south korea it's because of something more recent not um not not because of the korean war but something more recent um you know like the 90s or the you know or now um you know but other than that um you know, that's been my experience. And the one thing that I am kind of kind of wondering about, uh, maybe it's a nitpick of mine, but uh, if I'm following a woman that I've never met before into her house about ready to have sex with her, she lights one candle and all of a sudden all the other candles light up instantaneously. Uh, I'm leaving. I'm not. I'm staying. That sounds I'm good. I'm with you. I'm with you, uh, Kevin, because obviously there's some supernatural thing, and it's not yeah, right. No, I mean, it's just if well, she practices magic, you know, she's just yeah. she's like a stage musician. That's uh, true. I I don't know. I I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, the guy didn't even seem to react. I'm thinking to myself, a whole bunch of candles just went, you know, just ignited all at once on their own. I think he was a little distracted. Yeah, in, in his defense, <laughs> he was a virgin. No, no, I'm not talking. No, about no, it. no. This was the businessman one. Oh, the businessman. Right, right, right. Okay. At the beginning, the one. I still who, think he was distracted. Yeah. Well, yeah. He was I think he might have also been a little drunk. That well, too. At the same time, that well, it's it's also it's like as you see the memories, you could tell he was at least once married, you know, has a kid and all that sort of thing. But the funny part is like when you're talking about, you know, they were, you know, they weren't really great. I mean, all I can remember is. Um, the this the scene from the movie True Lies when Jamie Lee Curtis asks Schwarzenegger when he was on uh, Truth Serum, he says, "Did you ever kill anybody?" And Schwarzenegger says, "Yes, but they were all bad." Um, so that's kind of my take on the episode for now. Um, I don't know. I, I apologize, Phil. When you were going through the list of actors, did you note it, note that the the actor who was killed in the beginning? Uh, was the guy who played Ando in Heroes? Yep. Oh, oh, is that true? Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. You mean the businessman guy? Yeah. 
Yeah, the the one that's first killed in yeah. in this episode. How yeah, he that? was he was Hero's friend yeah, slash side. Side. Yeah, yeah, right. How about that? That's kind of cool. Good trivia. Um, all right, so uh, folks who are listening to this, obviously uh, you've seen the episode because if you haven't seen the episode, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast uh, because most people who follow television show podcasts are basically listening for different opinions, aspects, critiques, maybe symbolism, whatever, what other people think. Uh, so yes. And if you don't like the show, you aren't listening to us anyway. Um, so we'll talk about everything and anything. All right. Sounds good. All right. So what's the story? Okay. Well, the story is Atticus. Let's see. Woman consumes people. I think she consumes their souls. Uh, at least their memories. Yeah. Well, and which includes their memories. Right. And she's consumed quite a bit. She is. It's like she's the embodiment of this woman's dead daughter who probably her husband raped and murdered. I'm not quite sure, but definitely sexually abused her. Uh, she went to a. Uh, I, I honestly shamanist? Shaman. I think she said shamanist at some point. OK, yeah. Shaman. Yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure how like a, you know, a, a, a spirit, a spirit. A, a spiritual uh, per woman, you kind of like their uh, priestess type of thing. And she summons this creature uh, in the form of her dead daughter to come back. But in order for her to become fully human again, she has to consume 100. Now, I don't know if it's just 100 people or 100 men, but she no. has to con- I have a question for you. Is she, is there, is the, does the daughter die or is, does she die by te- being taken over by the demon? Well, she's Whatever already, she died. She died earlier. So this woman, um, was, that's, that's what I didn't get out of there. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, she was, she, she died. So they, the, the woman, the, the mother went to the, to the priestess asked for her daughter back. And so they, she summoned this, uh, well, essentially, we found out later it's a nine-tailed fox creature. You know, what does the fox say? Um, and then, so in order for her, though, to become fully human and not to remember all of the memories from the bodies she's consumed, she has to consume a hundred people. And she's also a medical student. And this is like right before the Korean. This this all is like days or even a day before the Korean War really starts. And then all of a sudden we see a whole bunch of soldiers coming through delivering pamphlets saying we're here to we're Americans. We're here to rescue you from the communists. And next thing you know, the hospital is completely swamped with wounded soldiers, uh, some crying out, some suffering, some are using um racist language which i'm sitting there thinking to myself if you are <laughs> if if you're under gonna be under the knife of somebody uh using racist epitaphs is not a good idea but uh and the thing is though is you know because the one soldier was calling him uh, a word that stares with g i'm not going to go through with that one right cook yeah right yeah r- rhymes with nuke and um 
you know, and so they, he was like, you're not going to take my leg. You're not going to take my leg. And they, they knock him, you know, they, they medicate him and now knock him out. And they said, okay, let's set the leg, you know, so they didn't take the leg. You know, he was afraid that they were going to, um, stop me when you want me to. But, uh, and the, but the thing is, is that the, the woman has some friends. She's, she kind of gives the, well, at the beginning, even before she blows up the first guy, she, you kind of get this imperson, uh, impression that she's alone, that no guy really wants her, that her mother, what we think is their mother says, we need you to bring a guy back. You know, and she's thinking, well, if I bring a guy back, you know, maybe it'll be like, oh, a husband. So maybe I'll get some honor or something like that. And then there's this one woman who's this other nurse in her school that's really, really popular uh, and like all these women are like, Oh, what, you know, what's he like, you know, cause she sounds like she's really popular with guys. And then she does essentially a speed dating thing. And every single guy she meets isn't interested. One, one woman or one guy she talks to, she talks to about Judy Garland and the guy responds like, Oh, that's just American propaganda. So I don't know if he was a communist or he just didn't like Americans. Um, and then even one guy says, oh, yeah, you know, I really like that movie with Julie, Gar- Julie Garland. And and he ends up rejecting her and he ends up with her best, fr- you know, with her best friend again, which is uh, I'm like, OK, um, you know, and you just feel bad for her until she consumes a guy that she meets at a bar. Like, right. OK, you know what? You know, all those guys that rejected her, <laughs> you got lucky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you got lucky. The guy you think he's going to get lucky, he didn't get lucky. Um, well, he kind of died getting lucky, but that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, and then the you know, and then we meet Atticus because the soldiers um, they they get trucked out to pretty much the middle of nowhere. Soldiers are saying, "All right, one of you nurses are feeding information to the North Koreans." And they just start randomly shooting, randomly shooting nurses. Uh, and the first guy shoots him, his gun malfunctions. And then Atticus, then we see Atticus come out and shoot the other woman. Well, he's ordered uh, to. Um, yeah, he's ordered to. Right. But he doesn't seem to hesitate. That's the thing that bothers me most about that scene is that he doesn't seem to hesitate at all. And that might be just because we don't know his background as a soldier and what he's done up to this point. But I don't like that with the remorse he seems to show later, it just doesn't seem to fit his character. Well, maybe while he was in the hospital, because later on, you know, they, a woman comes up, steps up and says, okay, it was me. It was me. It was the, it was our woman, main woman character's best friend. Um, you know, they drag her away and we never really see her again. Uh, not really. Um, you know, and then, Next thing we see is the hospital and then they bring in Atticus wounded. She recognizes Atticus and hates him and thinks, okay, that'll be my 100th uh, consummation, if you will. Uh, Is that the right word? I don't know. Uh, The 100th person I'm going to consume. Atticus is having a hard time because he can't read because his glasses are broken. Um, You know, she looks it's the count of monte cristo which is his father's favorite novel and she talks about it and she says well this is what happens in the end and atticus says, actually no you know you they did that in the movie to give it a better a happier ending and 
they start a friendship and then later on uh, Atticus figures you know knows that she likes Judy Garland movies so uh, his uncle George manages to get him a Judy Gar- uh, Judy Garland movie and they kind of have a, they have a date um, and then she's about to consume Atticus and then he she says no I'm not going to do this because she started having feelings for him and uh, that's I mean they 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 start having a relationship, uh, like a romantic relationship, uh, and Atticus is really. Uh, I, I mean, I can honestly say Atticus is starting to fall in love with her, and she's actually starting to fall in love back, even though this is the guy that shot one of her friends. Uh, she tells him about this legend of this this nine tailed fox, and then uh, later on, you know, uh, she. The, the the spirit inside of her there you know Atticus and her starting to get uh, physical and um, the if you will the foxtails start coming out and then uh, that's when you know she starts reading Atticus's past because she sees him getting whooped on by his dad but then you also see him torturing probably you know uh, probably her friend. And then all of a sudden we see the future, like he gets baptized. You see him being strapped to something. You see him in bed with another woman that is that I don't think was Letitia. And she sees him dying. And, you know, and meanwhile, she's she's trying to pull back all these furry tentacles to try to not (laughs) consume them. Well, I mean, what else do you call them? No, that's. You know, these Look, it's Lovecraft big... Country. You're going to get tentacles. Yeah, yeah. Sure. finally, not... come yeah. on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. well, and and uh, Barrett mentioned something earlier today. Uh, if it's in Asia, it, it'll have to have tentacles. Yeah, tentacle porn. Come on. Okay. Um, <laughs> and if there's well, anyone there who doesn't know what he's talking about, bless you. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's talking about. I'm sorry, I know what I'm talking about. I think everybody does except Kevin. But that's <laughs> well, so anyway, you know, Atticus is freaking out. So I mean, he's trying to run out of the room. So he's, it, it's almost like he. I mean, he's running out of the room. He, he's ru- running out almost like he's like the woman's parents are home, and he's running out before he gets caught. But I mean, that's kind of how he's reacting. You know, but meanwhile, she's trying to explain to him that she is that nine-tailed fox creature. The mother comes in. Atticus doesn't even care. You know, he's just trying to run out and try to get his pants on at the same time, or, or try to get his clothes back on. Um, you know, because obviously he had a very freaky experience. And then, um, you know, she tries to explain that, you know, I'm that nine-tailed fox. And then at the end of the show, they go to the the woman and the the daughter, the the mother and the daughter go to the priestess, and the they the the girl sees this what looks like a CGI fox kind of staring at him, and that's kind of how it ends. And the the problem is is that it looked uh, like the fox right from the 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 video the from yeah. The, but the, the the thing is the thing is for me is that when I was watching all this, um. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I, I obviously I, I skipped over lots of lots of bits to it, like, 
You know, I don't know. You're doing pretty damn good. I'm well, telling you. got pretty much all the high points. There, I mean, there. well, the one of the scenes that I thought was interesting is kind of going back uh, where you have Atticus talking with the uh, Asian soldier, the uh, the, Ameri- the Asian-American soldier. And, right. uh, they, you know, the woman starts talking to him uh, because Atticus is still recovering. And Atticus tries to describe him as he's like, look, I'm not really welcome in, in my you know, I'm not really welcome in my country and I'm not sure if I'm really welcome here. And the Asian guy said, yeah, I'm not welcome anywhere because, you know, in America, you know, you know, he's, he's, they, they, they give him racial slurs, but here they call him again. I think it's, uh, I think the, um, I don't, it's probably a derogatory, derogatory word for Yankee. I really don't know. It's, it's all, it sounds a little bit like, uh, like when the Japanese call us gaijins. Um, right, right. Or, 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 um, Gringos, you know, something like that. Yeah, something like that, exactly. And yeah. so, um, so I mean, he's kind of like I, I got here because I was drafted. You know, Atticus came just because he volunteered, and now Atticus is explaining, like, look, I, I just had to get away. Um, you know, and the thing is, I think that's when he, you know, when he's when he's recuperating in the hospital, he's starting to, he's getting away from the evils that he's done and like the Atticus that we know and we, the Atticus that we actually like is starting to come back. Um, when he's like saying, you know, I, and that's when he even told, you know, the, you know, this, this woman, you know, like I've done terrible things. And he says, but when I'm with you, it feels like I can escape from that. You know? And, um, one of the things though, that I notice is that, you know, it's, um, when, when the whole thing with the ball, because, they their circle of women were playing with the ball, but one of them that was playing was an Amer was a woman American soldier, you know, because she was in fatigue. She was in kind of the the olive olive drab um, pants and the the kind of the olive brown shirt, whatever. And she's playing ball with the with the other Korean nurses, and they're all having a grand old time. So it's not like all of the soldiers were, you know, right pre- prejudice. Um. So that's, like I said, that's the, that's essentially the story. It's just, the thing is, is that it, it, it's like, okay, we know Atticus's background, but the thing that bothers me is we don't know, we still don't know what exactly was it that Atticus was translating. Um, we don't know what the significance of it is. We don't know. Like she said, you know, Atticus, if you go home, you're going to die. Atticus, you're going to die or whatever. But the thing is, is that it's like, you know, at that point, Atticus, it it just seems like Atticus is never going to see this woman again. And so I'm thinking of my, I mean, unless if he does, like, unless if we get kind of a little bit of a, you know, from when we last saw Atticus, you know, leaving this girl's house while trying to put his clothes back on. You know, was there a, was there at least a, a brief meeting between them before or whatever? Because, you know, Atticus, you know, calls her up a couple times, like, and he says, you know, why didn't you tell me? And she says, you shouldn't have left. But it's like, I don't know. It, it, I, I don't, I don't see why he would translate something and then call Korea. That that didn't. Right. Make- I mean that doesn't. It still it still leaves questions unanswered. Well, I'll say this: Mike, Mike has has brought it up numerous times in earlier episodes of this podcast, which is 
we, you know, him, myself, you guys, Barrett and, and Kevin, have had questions like, where's this going? What's going on? And Mike always says, it may go nowhere, but we still have four episodes left. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it still could be answered. Though they, they're, I guess, you know what it is, unlike Game of Thrones or Westworld or some other television shows that I've seen, and I'm sure you folks can uh, agree on, on some of the shows you've seen as well, um, these loose ends in this show remain loose ends for a while, unexplained, while shows like Game of Thrones, and I wish I could think of some excellent example, but uh, I can't at the moment, um, had them, but they always either talked about them well, or they were always there, and it wasn't like something that was just forgotten for like four episodes and something like that. Oh, back. that's not true. That's not true. First season, no. okay. Uncle Benji goes riding off above the wall, and we don't see him again for like five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nymeria gets chased off the uh, Arya's wolf, and that doesn't return until the eighth season. Um, yeah. You know, so there were, there were, were things that was just, you know, hang on there. Um, you know, we're still in a, in episode six of a 10 episode story arc. Now these things, they got four more to do it. It's, it's a thing. Now I do think, and I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it because I believe it's true that the, when you reveal this information often is very important because if you reveal it too late, the audience just is frustrated and doesn't give a mm-hmm. shit. Um, now sometimes it can, you know, you can do it, and you can reveal it later. You know, M. Night Shyamalan's Sixth Sense um, would not work nearly as well if we knew Bruce Willis was dead from the start. Right. You know, it's a completely different thing. Spoiler also, alert. Yes, Spoiler, Spoiler alert. Um, no, here, like, so we, if you go back, remember the first episode, um, uh, Atticus, like, gently caresses the Count of Monte Cristo book. Right. And it's like it's clearly meant to be something of of significance. And at first we just think it's because it's his father's favorite book, although he doesn't have a good relationship with his father. Now we know what what meaning it has to him. Right. Right. Because it was the book that he shared with her. Um, And that's that's a thing like we we got more information. And if we rewatch, it enriches a rewatch. But we, we weren't like left pondering the significance of that moment in episode one. So that's the kind of thing you can fill in later. Um, clearly the little bits, the phone call was a tease. We knew that more of that was going to come later. And so here we are. He, he knows that this woman knew something about what was going to happen with him. And we know that he now has access to a magic tunnel. So he may be able to get back to Korea. All right. So I wouldn't shock me to see them follow this up. The way this ends is really just kind of, womp, womp, you know, just, <laughs> you know, with them I'm there not with sure the I witch. The end with the with the right. shamanist. What what exactly was she asking for, and what was the shamanist telling her that she could? Right, because she hadn't gotten a hundredth soul. So what was she asking for? Yeah. Uh, so and that so yeah what, the ending the ending what, I think just was <laughs> didn't work. But, but the, I'm well, assuming they're well, letting us know that in the future. Also, also the the hundredth soul. You know, she chose this guy, meaning Atticus. It, <laughs> They then focus on that relationship, but technically, you would think the mother would be nagging her, and and technically she still could, you know, just grab a random guy. I mean, right. she's a pretty woman, you know. It's not like, you know, you know, with I don't know. It was, I, I guess they 
the the struggle that she had with a conscience, I guess, was was there. But I don't know. I don't know. It's well, there's there's that, but then also at the end, like one of the things that the woman, I I'm sorry, I forgot her name, but the 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 woman kept was asking the shamanesses, "Will Atticus die?" I mean, that was her question. Will Atticus die? And um. I just kind of found it interesting that, okay, you have, I mean, the woman by her own admission is a mythical creature. All right. She is a mythical creature. She is a fox of tails. But the thing is, is that, okay, so she, and she was summoned by the shamaness. So, I mean, does, so does that mean like the shamaness has power or control? See, I mean, if I knew more Korean mythology, I'd, probably be able to answer this question but i don't so i don't know but does the shamanist have power over this mythical creature well it uh, seemed like well, it was uh, gaining Kevin, more humanity the more people it killed and memories it gained well what happened right. was that she was getting i mean she was getting the memories she wanted the memories to go and when and we also find out that one of the memories she got was and it's probably one of the i wouldn't be surprised it was one of the first ones was of the man who sexually abuse the the girl right um because yep. i mean he was taught she was she has his memories and so because at one point she's singing this song and the woman and the, the mother said oh i taught you that song you see you remember you're starting to be like her and she says no that's the song that the girl hymned when the father was raping her um right. you know and so she gets angry at the mother because the mother pretty much didn't do anything about it. Right. And, you know, again, this, now let's remember. So she got pregnant out of wedlock. Right. And that's the why mother. she married the this mother. guy. Right. 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 And so this really does sound like a, a well, twist my, on my, Atticus's story. My, right. Like it was also it was also mentioned that the man that married her wasn't necessarily the father. Well, right. Well, that was just, that's what I was assuming. Yeah. Um, because because she married him because it's so, like it, to, to, yeah. as, as a convenience thing. So this is, I think, very much like Atticus, where his mother, I, I think, you know, uh, has a child to someone that is not her from someone that's not her husband. Now, we don't know when she got pregnant and when she got married to uh, Montrose. Um, but so then she marries him, but she marries a man who abuses the child. Um, you are seeing st- similar similarities with Montrose and, uh, was it Uma or something like that is how she, what she called her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, but Montrose is doing these terrible things, uh, for her son, for his son. And, uh, you have that line by, uh, her friend in Korea saying, that's you know sometimes moms want things for themselves and not you know not for what's best for us, which is the same kind of thing. Is Montrose is doing what he wants for for Atticus as opposed to what Atticus wants, which would have been helping him to follow his goal. Um, and you're both having them the, these characters dealing with um, struggling with the surviving parent and their expectations, their burdens, you know, and and their relationships. Um, so, so there is a parallel here between these two characters. Um, they don't draw it out very clearly, right? In other words, like they don't hammer it over the head, and I don't think they ever talk about it between them. There, there's also oh, right. there's also the fact that 
you know, there's that one scene where she was yelling at Atticus because she said, you know, you killed one of my best friends, you know, and the thing is, is that um, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, Atticus shot, you know, one of the nurses. But at the same time, this is a this is a woman or a creature that has killed 99 people. So, I mean, right. right. And, and also, though, was was she talking about the one that Atticus actually killed or was she talking about her friend that was taken away? That was the communist spy, the friend taken away because okay. she still considered her as being killed. Well, okay. I, right. But I also have to think, I mean, they were all together in the same unit. They're all nurses in the same unit. Yeah, they so were they still probably friends. friends. Yeah. 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 Um, but also, let's remember, this is a woman slash fox creature. Um, no, not that. Is that 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 didn't quite understand the difference between pedophilia and romantic love. So she's a bit confused when it comes to the whole human emotion thing. And and so when people say and I I read a few reviews uh, on this. um, So really, I was looking to see if I got any more cultural insight uh, and one of which, by the way, was that uh, one of the viewers said a friend of theirs who was Korean explained that the uh, the the word for that we translate as fox has a different connotation in actual Korean, which is it does mean fox, but it do, it means more not foxy, more bitch. Oh, okay. you know, so that like, makes a little bit more sense with this being a bitch demon than a fox demon, because it doesn't have that sexy aspect to it; it has that more revenge aspect to it. Oh. Um, but. Um, what was I saying? Shit, I lost my train of thought. Oh, so anyway, so I, so I saw a lot of these reviews saying, why is she falling in love with the man who killed her friend? And it's like, well, because she doesn't understand love. So she made her, her emotional center. She's a creature. Her emotional center is way askew from human norm. So I, I would not. So yes, under normal circumstances, it would be a horrible, horrible thing. I am willing to give it a pass on that because she's just a bizarre creature herself and still, you know, learning well, about the world. Mike, you mentioned that the reviewer was confused. Okay. Several so review. Yeah. Right. So, so maybe, maybe they should have had a one, but they didn't buy it. Right. So maybe they should have had a one sentence thing in the episode where she's talking to her mother that I'm, though I'm a creature, I'm, I'm beginning to have, feelings of of love as as a, as a human woman would or something and that maybe well, she kind of did because she she says i'm start i'm starting to have feelings I'm talking about attica she says i'm yeah. starting to have feelings for him that's why i didn't consume him right right well, well yeah but i i i think the the confusion that these critics that mike mentioned are having is that she didn't say i'm turning human or, or they didn't get the understanding that she was turning human, maybe? Well, not that she's... No, it's not good. The fact that if she was turning human, then, you know, the desire for revenge might have been... Stopped her from doing it. I think it was, it was in her inhumanity that allowed her to fall in love with him and yeah. forget what he had done. Yeah, or that's not, okay. Or whatever, overlook what he had done. Gotcha. So gotcha. That, that, that was my only point with that. Um, I did think that it was really interesting, uh, again, also the, the whole Judy Garland thing. Right. I think they did a great opening scene with her, with her alone in the Korean theater, uh, yeah. watching uh, Clang, Clang, Clang goes a trolley from uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah, Meet Me in St. Louis. That's right. Um, and it's such a sort of a joyous thing 
but now you have a parallel right behind uh, Judy Garland, this character. Judy Garland in one of those films is propaganda. And during that era, right, with the with the first of the Great Depression and then with the war, um, the films, a lot of the Hollywood films were, some of them were outright propaganda films, but a lot of them were just propaganda in that, hey, people need something happy and to pick them up and make them feel good, right? And right. so they were propagandistic in that way. And so here it's kind of working on her. But let's also remember at the same time this is going on, Judy Garland is being pumped full of drugs by her manager and, the, and, and, and what have you. She's dealing with a horrible life behind the scenes. And so here is this woman who likes, wants to be like Judy Garland, but behind the scenes, she's murdering people with her fur tentacles. Um, and she's also dealing with the expectations being put on her and manipulated by her mother. Right. So, you again, you do kind of have this um, these parallels there. Um, and you also have the the what is it? Uh, the Monte Cristo story. Right. Where the Monte yeah. Cristo story is, well, what really happened, quote unquote, really happened, isn't what you see in the films. The film gave you a, a sanitized version of it. They give you the happy ending. Right. So, again, there is no happy. We know how it ended for Judy Garland. That's right. Um, it was not a happy ending, you know. And and we now whether that's foreshadowing her, whether it's foreshadowing Atticus, I don't know. Um, who's the one that's going to get the unhappy ending? Obviously, we're meant to think Atticus because of what happens in the episode. But I could easily see something like because now you've got Atticus with Letty. So, well, I mean, and on, the, on the other side I, I, of. I, I, I don't know how Mr. Greens feels about about uh, about bigamy. Maybe maybe she's good with that. <laughs> maybe well, she's on the other side of the world. But they have the magic tunnel. Yeah. So I have a feeling the Korean woman is going to end up sacrificing herself for him. Right. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Or at least that's my thought. Sure, sure. No, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I mean, there was uh, my, some minor things they, they threw in, um, I think, to make points. Um, like, like you brought up uh, the parent thing, where parents sometimes do things for themselves, not for the, for you. And, and and that is a lot of case. I mean, we see that where, you know, parents force their kids to be in sports and, because they're living through their kids, even though their kids, you know, and, you know, you know we, we've seen it all. And, and it's true. It's true. Um, so I think they, they wanted to bring that point up. Um, also, I think there was an LGBTQ um, statement there, right? There, were, I think the communist woman was kind of, I guess the B in LGBTQ bisexual and, and she had feelings for, um, the Fox woman, though the Fox woman is not fully human had, didn't uh, understand it necessarily. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, she says I'm different too. And so yeah. the, see, the thing <laughs> is, it's like, I think that I, I, I wonder if the, the, she was she was actually a lesbian and she just kind of 
did the, you know, flirting with guys things because that was what was expected of her. Like she was saying, you know, your, your, you know, my, you know, your parents expect you to do something, but you know, it's not right for you. So she's pretty much saying is, you know, she'd rather be a lesbian. And so when the woman said, well, you know, but she didn't, but obviously like you were saying, the, the, the Fox woman didn't quite understand it because she's like, right. well, I'm different too, because she's, you know, not a, a Fox technically, woman, technically not fully human. So, I mean, I was kind of wondering if at first when I was watching this, I was wondering if we were, well, going to have a, a lesbian scene where she was someone that was consumed, not. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that, too. But that, that could happen, happen too. So, and, and why does it even have to be someone that she has to. I mean, couldn't she just killed her mother and there would have been the 100th soul right there. Right. I mean, I was even thinking that. I, I think it has to be men, but I I, I could be wrong because she's supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. These, my understanding of the of the the folklore is that they are um, they are summoned. The kumio is summoned to uh, to avenge to to uh, avenge a wronged woman, and it's usually going against men. Right. So I think yeah. it might. Yeah. Have to That's be men. A point. Right. Right. Yeah, obviously we we discussed the um, the hanging scene. Obviously, it was a, a commentary on on mob violence and maybe even um, pro pro uh, communism. Maybe I don't I don't know. Um, but again, that makes a, a good point, which is you know you don't as I've always said in other podcasts that we've done, Mike, where I said you can't judge everybody the same especially if even if there's only a 20 percent in a group that 20 percent that's good means you can't say all the people in that group are bad um and so you know so it's kind of odd almost a a mirror image of mob violence against now policemen or policewoman um and various other things and and they're showing that in the show here uh against the communists so it's it's just kind of humorous um and, well, then, and i'm assuming assuming this was made before you know the the, the riots or, or i should say the the, the unrest yeah, right probably. well there so remember this is also the ninth this set in the 1950s they just hung a guy for being a communist but in the united states very unfortunately very regrettably that you know let's face it african-american peoples particularly men were being lynched i mean they even say it you know a couple like remember uh sundown you know this is a sundown county where you know if you're if you're caught here in this county after when the sun goes down you're going to be hanging from that tree uh, you know it's interesting about that kevin I thought about is, that. yeah that's an excellent point that they and how i mean a kind of a parallel though right. it, it's kind of different because, i mean it's true it's a parallel but um, I don't know if it's a if it's a good parallel because again, well, one is race related, right? And one is one political related, right? But but also as I mentioned earlier, right after between forty five and fifty, the same time period in Europe, they were hanging uh, collaborators with the the Nazis, and so 
that 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 again is different than than I, I don't even know if you could call that political, right? You would just call that these are traitors that were collaborated. Again, we don't know about this person that was hanged. We, we don't know any details. They just show someone getting lynched on the street and saying, hey, he's a commie. But, you know, we know and have seen this happen in, in China after World War II, where if they collaborated with the Japanese, they hung you. So... And in Korea, they did too. If you if you collaborated with the Japanese, they hung you. So, I I think that isn't necessarily a good analogy because you it, it again though no, we don't know if this was an analogy. I, I gotta admit, if I'm being lynched, lynched, I don't care why I'm being lynched. Yeah, true. I'm not gonna feel I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feel more satisfied because they're lynching me for the right reason. Well, right, right, but but again, you know, after World War Two. Everybody was executed if whether you were a collaborator or if you were in 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 the hierarchy. You know, I mean, they executed everybody that was in the Imperial Japanese, uh, collaborated with the Imperial Japanese and whatnot. So uh, otherwise, you know, you, you they just let you go. And you know, obviously, if they, they weren't going to do that. So, yeah, I'm, and I'm not saying I was I'm not sorry in favor of that sort of justice either. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I, I'm just saying that, that that I don't know. I don't know if they were trying to make it an analogy, as, as Kevin said. I don't. I don't know if it worked. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I would agree. It doesn't really work as an analogy. Um, but well, was, I'm sure they chose the hanging for a reason. Um, like I said I really don't know if this was a thing in Korea back in the in the early '50s if they were lynching. You know, suspected communists or just communists, you know, or, or for what reason? I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I think, like you know, Kevin, you talked about, um, you know, the, the the Koreans from Korea who don't hate America. Um, I, I have no idea what Koreans over in Korea feel, especially the ones that lived through the war. But that was a really brutal, bloody, terrible war. It's one of the you know per capita one of the worst wars in human history. Um. So, yeah, I mean, there there were probably a lot of things for them to be traumatized by besides the American atrocities. Um, and there certainly were a lot of atrocities on the behalf of the Chinese and the North Koreans. So, um, right. well, well to, add, to add to that, Mike, um, um, the which is not the excusing it, by the way. Right, right, and that's fair. Uh, there was a scene where where the mother says, "Why do you like that American culture or, or art or whatever? It's as bad as the." And then they use a derogatory for the Japanese. Um, and then I, I did read a review, and it was a very odd review. Uh, they were talking about the occupation of Korea by the Americans and the Japanese, and I, I thought that was kind of very odd and confusing to compare the two. Um, but I don't I don't know why what the point was in that uh, American movies versus a hundred years of Japanese imperialism where Japan was a colonial power on the on Korea well, and basically the, mass murdering them. What's because, that? Well, because now the Americans are bringing in their movies, right? And yeah, they're learning American culture as opposed to Japanese culture. I'm not sorry, Korean culture. Right. Yeah, all right, that's fair. I, I just felt that that it's still a little different because the Japanese, it was a uh, not 
an occupation, but an actual uh, annexation of of Korea, and where they had a Japanese uh, government. You know, they were colonial power versus a military force or, or military presence. So I just felt yeah, that but was- but I could understand um, if I was living through that situation a second time where there's another foreign army on my soil um, where I may not appreciate the difference. Um, And God knows there certainly was a difference. Oh yeah, there's definitely a difference. But, but again, uh, what was the alternative Kim Il-sung and and communist China? Right. Well, again, it was a horrible situation, no matter what side you were on. um, There there were, there was, it was a terrible war. It was a terrible war with with a, a, grossly disproportionate number of casualties so right right yeah i mean for folks who don't know how the war started basically after uh japan invade owned korea they already owned it even before the war they invade china weakened the the chinese national government so the the communists were able to take over in china because they weakened the national government to the point where they had to flee to taiwan the Soviet Union was never at war with Japan during entire World War II until the last like two weeks where they declared war at the very end. And then that's when they were able to occupy parts of Japan, some of the smaller islands, and they actually annexed them and then helped take the northern part of Korea. And so it was like a last it was a, a opportunistic thing by Stalin. And so the Koreans were split. And the Koreans were then based off of uh, Soviet and communist and Chinese communist sympathizers. They, the the best one was Kim Il Sung, and so they brought him and gave him the the leadership of North Korea. And then what happened was he always wanted to take over South Korea and unite it as one under the communist regime by him. And the rumor is is without so without asking technically Stalin or Mao, he invaded South Korea completely on surprise without anyone, including his allies, knowing he was going to do it. And that's how the war started. So he started it, Kim Il-sung, which is the grandfather of the the present leader of North Korea. So the war, and the only reason it happened was because he decided he wanted to unite the country as one. And he illegally invaded technically. Um, Anyone want to add to that? Okay. And so what happened was the UN had a resolution that said this isn't going to happen. And then a UN force which included the United States, um, came to the defense of South Korea, where I believe South Korean government at the time was also a dictatorship. They only became a non-dictatorship, I think, in the late 80s, maybe, like a lot of countries, um, and, which included other countries like Turkey, Portugal, Spain. You know, you can, a lot of first world nations were actually, Greece was another one, were, were, were dictatorships even into the 80s. Um, and so what happened was South Korea uh, got the help from the UN, the, and the UN forces came, 
And basically, um, what happened after that was when the UN was winning the war, China entered the war, and they invaded uh, Korea. And so then it was basically the, the Chinese versus the UN. And it was to a point where there's a stalemate. And then the general uh, of U.S. forces, uh, I believe it was uh, MacArthur, wanted to basically invade China. And he publicly said some stuff without the permission and against the president, Truman. And so Truman canned him. And then, he uh, and then they, they got the stalemate. What's that? He walked, MacArthur, I think, wanted to use uh, nuclear yeah, he wanted to, yeah, he wanted nuclear, nuclear bombs that yeah. essentially uh, bombed the, the, uh, the board. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I remember, he wanted to launch a couple bombs around the North Korean-Chinese border uh, to keep the Chinese from coming in, essentially. Um, because what happened was there was a point where the North Koreans were falling back they weren't doing very well and then china came in essentially china came in to help the north koreans and it virtually became uh, a different war you know we went from north korea versus south korea to chinese and north korea versus south korea with you know all South Korean allies. You're right, and, um, and don't, and also the the entire at one point the entire North Korean Air Force was actually Chinese planes and Chinese pilots, and they just painted over the uh, the Chinese um, flag on on the airplanes and and, made, and painted over to the North Korean, so it would look like they were North Korean when it was actually Chinese oh. airplanes. So, Sort of like the the new uh, the new uh, version of Red Dawn, where they painted over all the Chinese logos. Right. From the North Koreans. <laughs> right. Exactly, Mike. That's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Because we can't offend the, the Chinese. They got a, too much money for Hollywood. Yeah, um, MacArthur had a point. <laughs> but yes, our, uh, MacArthur was MacArthur was fired because uh, I think he was a little. Uh, Let's just yeah, say it, he was very opinionated and he had his opinions about President Truman and he, and he said was not afraid to be uh, blunt about them. So uh, publicly too, publicly. Well, as I said, he wasn't afraid to uh, uh, talk about his disagreements with the president, pub- about with the president publicly. And the president said, OK, you're gone. Um, yes, sir. Time for you to retire. You, right. Right. Yeah. So he was, he was fired and, or, quote unquote, forced retired. And uh, uh, oddly, or uh, not oddly, but surprisingly, because a lot of folks thought he wouldn't, he he uh, bowed out uh, with no issues, which was uh, surprising. Um, yeah, and, and so, gracefully, and that's you know he he did it he did it gracefully he did it respectfully yeah. and he had his ticker tape parade and that's right that was it. Yeah, and then he re- literally retired permanently. I mean, he he faded out of. The public eye. Um, and then after, at one point, uh, the U.S. and the U.N. and all that, and South Koreans were able to go all the way to almost the, the Chinese border. And then China, like, like we discussed, China invaded and pushed us all the way back to basically Busan. So they owned, now China owned the entire continent or or, or, or 
peninsula, I should say. And then the UN pushed the Chinese all the way back to the latitude line. Uh, what is it? A 42 latitude? I forget what it is. And 42nd? Or 72. 42nd, yeah. 47. 47, yeah. Um, and he pushed him all the way back to there. And then they had the ceasefire. Everybody agreed to the ceasefire. And so technically, 70, not 70, yeah, yeah, holy shit, 70 years later, 70 years later, after the war ended, or 65 years later after the war ended, uh, the two sides, North and South Korea, are still to this day uh, at war because the ceasefire was simply a ceasefire. It wasn't a peace treaty. Um, and and that's, that's the deal. That the thing is, is, as far as I can tell, the, you know, you know, the, the, the boundary, you know, the, the borderline moved a bit, but now the, where it's settled is pretty much where it began in the first place. It's, you know, that's right. Okay, we well, moved, yeah, um, I mean, there's, up. it's like, okay, we'll settle. Well, that's where we started. <laughs> well, there's, there's, depending right. on your point, I've, I've heard two points of view about North, about the Korean war, um, and the resolution and I'll, uh, I'm not going to, I don't know really well, right. Uh, know enough to weigh in, as whose interpretation is the more accurate. But one interpretation is that it was a tie. Um, you know, that uh, neither side won. You know, and that's worse than we're still in the stalemate. And the other interpretation I've heard right. is that North Korea invaded South Korea. North Korea was kept out of South Korea. Therefore, we therefore won. Therefore, they the, lost. And therefore, North Korea lost. Right. So those are two different right. interpretations. You can interpret it how you want. The reality is North Korea is still there. North Korea still got its weapons pointed on Seoul, um, which is, you know, a stone, literally stone's throw away from the... the, the which, which was how it was supposed to be anyway. So technically, they lost the war because Kim Il-sung's point was to take over the entire peninsula, and he lost. He didn't do it. Because there was never a goal by the United Nations or allies to remove North Korea from existence. While it was the other way around, the North Koreans wanted to remove South Korea from existence. So I think you, the second interpretation is the better interpretation, Mike, because uh, even though North Korea still exists. But again, North Korea wasn't supposed to not exist. After, right. But I, I am always amazed uh, at just how little attention North Korea has got, we're going way far afield here how little attention North Korea has gotten in terms of uh, Western media I mean part of it's a blackout but we certainly know the stories you know the idea that there hasn't been um, someone who's made a major motion picture we're still mining uh, no. uh, the Holocaust for, for films the idea that there's nobody's made a story, uh, a major motion picture about one of these refugees from North Korea kind of blows my mind um, because it, it's it's a it's such a horrible, horrible place. Um, it is it is literally people yeah. make up late, you know, things like 1984. And that is literally what's going on there. <sighs> true, true. Also, it's interesting about. North Korea in that war is that Kim Il Sung survived, which is amazing because you would have thought that the Soviets or the Chinese would have said, "All right, this guy's got it. this guy's a loose cannon. He's a psychopath. We got to get him out of here." But they let him stay in power, and he actually was in power until like 
eight, maybe nine, until he went, and that was when he croaked of old age. So it, it's it's just like amazing that he survived that war because of what he did almost caused World War Three without permission too, and and he survived. I, it's, I still don't understand how that happened, but either way, uh, it worked out all right because they're still there. Yep. So I guess uh, you know. So I mean, all right for them, meaning they're leaders they because I'm sure the people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Kims, the Kim family. Yeah. All right. We, um, we, 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 okay, we really kind of because <clears throat> other than yeah. you know a pair of com- communist sympathizers, North Korea really didn't factor into the stories. So we've really wandered far, far afield. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, I mean, I, I, I felt it was important to bring it up just for the fact to explain what was what was there, why we were there, what was going on. Because, I mean, the, the, the plot is about a handful of people away from the war. But if you're just watching this and you don't know nothing about the Korean War, you, you may just be saying, what the hell's going on, you know? And, and it has to be, I don't know, I just felt There that was a war, and, a and that's, that's the main thing, yeah. 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 Um... Let's see. What else do we want to talk about? Anything else we want to talk about in this episode? Um, we covered. I mean, there's there's um, the preview for next week. You know, we can talk about that. Well, Mike has something before we get into the preview. Yeah. Mike Mike wanted to bring up something. Yeah, well, I was ahead, from trying to think. If there, I'm, I'm trying to run through if there was anything particular. Um, yeah, no, I think we pretty much hit anything. I I felt the desire to talk about. So yeah, right. so there's next week. Judy Garland film, Easter Parade. It was a handful of Judy Garland films. They, but anyway, they, yeah, what was this? Uh, maybe in St. Louis and Summerstock. Um, yeah, that's right, Summerstock. That was Summerstock, I think. Oh, uh, Summerstock, okay. Easter Parade. No, no, wait, there was one with Peter Lawford and... It started with me in St. Louis. Then they were yeah. in the theater for Easter Parade uh, when the bombs yeah. hit. And then the... Because yeah. uh, I wrote it down. And then the one that Tick showed her in the, the tent... That was Summerstock. Right. Actually, it wasn't bombs. It was just the tanks walking by. Or, or whatever it was. It, it made it yeah. Military stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so the Gene Kelly one, uh, I think Gene Kelly, Peter Lawford was the Easter parade one. Yeah. Peter, yeah. I think so. Anyway, it was the three films, right. Anyway, so you said, Kevin, it was a trailer. Yeah, we saw that. I mean, they show the trailer. We essentially go back, back to, quote, unquote, modern like back to the main story, um, the mother, George's wife, widow, regrettably, George's widow and daughter are traveling. Essentially, it sounds like they're traveling to Artem. Tick somehow finds that uh, Tick kind of figures it out. So they realize, OK, well, we got to go and get her. Um, and hilarity ensues. Uh, that's all I can really think of. The, there, there is one question that I do have is when we were going through the when when Tick was going through the the, the furry tentacles, um, we see Tick with uh, in bed with another with a woman, but I don't think that was Letty. Was that Letitia? Yeah. Go- she, um, well, I'll tell you this, Kevin. I all right. Mike mentioned this earlier. Uh, in the premiere episode, I think it was Mike, that when we, of the podcast, where you said that when they were casting Letty, they didn't want to cast a lighter-skinned 
person of color for the role, but she came in and she really did well, excellent that they decided to give her the role, even though she wasn't the the tone skin that they wanted. At least that's what you told us. Well, the, the, and from, there's just it, from the, the the podcast, and basically it's it goes to sort of the racism within the black community. That is that sure. um, there is a difference, um, which we from the the white community. Might, might not realize but there is even within the black community there is like more resentment among the dark-skinned african-americans towards the light-skinned african-americans um which was something i um i think it was i was first made aware of with i think from the old tv show homicide with yafet koto um and has that conversation because yafet koto was a very african-looking african-american um but uh yeah so the makers of the show wanted to give the opportunity for black looking black people, you know, who otherwise might be passed over for roles for these safer, more, more pale skinned black people. Um, but she just nailed the role. And so they, they gave it to her. Right. Right. So, so what my point, my point where I was going with, with that was the woman in the flashback or flash forward as, as, as I think it is, Kevin, she was, much darker skin, yes, I believe, than the Letty character. So you immediately, and she was naked, but you couldn't really see her face. So you immediately kind of knew it wasn't Letty. Right. So I well, think when you saw her, she was right. naked. You weren't looking out. for her face. Uh, well, it was very quick anyway. Yeah, I mean, everybody was probably looking at the boobs, because, you know, just for the fact that they're boobs. Mm. But, um, yeah, it, it was it was quick enough that you wouldn't get enough of a glimpse of who it was except like i said the color tone or the you know the her, her skin color it was was darker than the actress that plays letty so i don't think it was letty is, is what i was trying to get at well that and that was my question is because i i could not i was believe it or not i was looking for the face um and i i could not see the face but i did notice that the skin tone was was darker so that was my question is, is that who was that woman and what happened with Letty? Right. Yeah, well, I don't find know. Out. Well, yeah, right, I well, know. we got four yeah. episodes left, so hopefully we'll we'll find out. And also, it's interesting. You see Atticus getting baptized. It's like, OK, that because he's wearing white. I mean, when when you see Atticus getting baptized, I mean, it looked like it like an old Baptist tradition or even some other traditions where. When you're getting baptized in a river, you're wearing a you are wearing a white robe. Now, when I was baptized, I wasn't. I I mean, I was baptized. I was wearing, you know, a normal shirt and pants. You know, I mean, they they I wasn't wearing a robe or anything like that. But the and a lot of like a lot of Christian traditions is they they have you wearing a robe of some sort. Um, you know, but and so we see Atticus getting baptized. Now, I don't know if that was past. Or, but it looked like future. So I'm just kind of curious. On, well, it could be. It could be having to do with something with the sons of Adam. It's very possible. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it said, fast forward to next episode. We're seeing that, uh, you know, George's widow and, and daughter are going to Artem, trying to figure out what's going on, and um, I don't. The rest of it just didn't make any sense. Right. So maybe that's a good good trailer. 
when 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 you don't it doesn't give enough away to make yeah I don't know um yeah what was I gonna say about that flash forward scene with Letty I mean not Letty uh, Atticus um we. Did they, did they actually show the death in that? I thought they ended with the baptism thing. That kind of looked like a yeah, death. Yeah, I didn't think they ended with the death they either. Him, they showed Atticus strapped down. Yeah. And almost looked like he was like he was like strapped on a board, but the board was leaning forward. So it wasn't like he was hanging, but he was you know, strapped on a board where he was kind of facing downward. So I I don't know if I, I really don't know if that meant he was about to be tortured or killed or what, but I, it, it wasn't, it did not look like it was because the look on Atticus faces looked like it wasn't really going to be a pleasant experience. I thought it was very interesting that she could see the future of the one person she couldn't, that she didn't kill. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, if she lets them live, she can see their future. That's kind of maybe, interesting. Well, that, or maybe there was just something special about Atticus. I don't. I, yeah, that's no, what I'm wondering. But I mean, you're I, I'm, I'm th- no, I don't think so. I think it, it it could be, but I think you're right, Barrett. Everybody else she kills, so there is no future. Yeah. While this one, he lets she lets go, so there's going to be a future still, and yet she's and so she gets to see it all because she fought back. Like when when the when the, when the furry tentacles were coming out, she was holding them back. Okay, and the only one that really connected were the ones to his eyes. But other than that, everything else didn't really connect. So Yeah, um, because she grabbed them with her hands. She right. Was she was grabbing with her hands, so she was pretty much making sure that she that Atticus doesn't die. Right. Yeah, then she she throws them with with the ones that are connected to her his eyes. Yes. Well, actually, I thought there was also some around his waist too, and they threw. Him. But anyway, that Maybe, anyway, yeah. Atticus fly. Atticus goes flying and runs away. And let me ask this: Could, imagine, imagine, you know, I, I can't blame him. No, let me ask you this: um, Do you think the other woman again is Letty and him boyfriend and girlfriend, or? Who, could he date other women? And this just happens to be another woman that's going to start appearing in the next four episodes. I think they're well, boyfriend and girlfriend. He might start seeing another woman, but yeah, <laughs> yeah they, the way they left it last episode, um, yeah. I think they made it pretty clear. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was in the bathtub. He was sitting outside. I mean, he was sitting next to her, you know, she ladies in the bathtub. He's sitting next to her, you know, outside the bathtub you know, and they're talking about the relationship, and that's when they pretty much said, "All right, let's let's try it." And right. that's, you know, that's how that um, that's how that relationship seems to be going now. So it seems like they are in a relationship. It may be a bit what, of a one, but they are in a relationship. What, what about this? What about if some of those th- things that she saw weren't? the future and they were already things that well, happened Atticus in the past said, Atticus said it was his first time with her it was his first time and the thing is is oh, that you, you're right and he's sleeping with another you, woman right, uh, we're could, assuming he's telling the truth yeah right. right you can you can say I mean you could say well maybe he was lying but first of all you know when you lie usually you have a, a reason to lie where and she would know because she could see everything well yeah but the thing is is that Atticus was behaving 
like this is my first time. Right. I really don't know what I'm doing. So he he he's acting like someone who this probably is his first time. And um and why would he tell her it's his first time? Right. Plus if, plus if she, it wasn't. Plus again she, she can read everything anyway at that point and she well, would, we don't well I mean Atticus doesn't know that. No 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 we I understand that but but again yeah, that all that stuff must be the future because she would have known that he was lying otherwise. Right, right, gotcha. But she wouldn't have known right away, right? Because the last time that they have right. sex is the time when she sees all of this. Right, exactly, exactly. But the thing is, is that my whole point is, is that it's Atticus's behavior, like his first time with this woman. Atticus is behaving like someone who it's his first time. Yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't think technically it wasn't the that. first time because right. he threw him away. Right. Uh, and, and why would he even lie? There was no reason, reason even say. Yeah, it. there's no right. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. tell a girl that you're a virgin when you're not. I don't think. I can't imagine why you would. Because I mean, her her response is, "It's not my first time." Um, right. So there you go. I, She's I, like, "Don't worry, I got this covered. I know what I'm yeah. doing." Yeah. <laughs> Just don't you just expect the explosion in the end. <laughs> and not the explosion you're expecting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um that let's note. See it. Yeah, with that note, anything else anyone to bring up? Anything? Anything? No, I'm looking forward to it because I've I've weirdly enough, I really am liking the um uh, Palata and D and um, and I'm liking Ruby. I'm liking them more than our oh, main characters. Right. Who yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it might be in part because they've actually shown movement and growth as characters in a way that I'm not really seeing yet with um with our two leads. Yeah, it's sure. I mean, with Apollota, yeah. we see her looking at that um model of a of a of a galaxy. Um, you see her looking at model of a galaxy and all of a sudden you see her going through different period, like seeing her in different times, like looks like one was ancient Egypt. Another one was the 1920s or something. And then another one was, uh, I'm not quite sure what else, but I mean, you're seeing, it's almost like a, a reincarnation type of thing. Like you're seeing her in past lives. Right. And each time she's saying, I am Hippolyta. Well, let's be honest, the demon monster has more growth than the main characters in one episode, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, well, cause she yeah. goes from becoming very, you know, not very human to more and more and more and more human. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, to, to have eliminated the George character so early was, was, was unfortunate because I felt that his character was the center of the leads. And when, agree. Yeah. And then when they take him off, suddenly the leads seem not as interesting. And as, as you mentioned, Barrett and, and Kevin and Mike, that they, they haven't grown. And, and these side stories of Ruby and, and, and George's uh, daughter and, and whatnot seem, seem more interesting now. Yeah. But, I mean, even at, even uh, uh, the 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 woman that play that Abby Lee plays, 
is, is turned into a little more interesting too. But I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. I mean, if they start focusing again on Letitia and Atticus and actually focus on them rather than the Monster of the Week or Twilight Zone episodes that they've generally been the leads of, then maybe maybe uh, their growth will, will come the next four episodes. I don't know. They're starting to run out of time, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That, that's my only concern, is it seems like time is running out. This was a whole episode based in the past, not even about current stuff, and yeah. you know, now we're pretty far along. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. All right. All right. So, uh, I guess we can give our final thoughts on, on the episode anyway. Um, well, we can start with you, Barrett, as, as we did before. Um, I still really like this episode. It's still probably my close to second favorite. Almost, I almost like it as much as the first one. Um, I like the, the interaction between the two characters and I liked the storyline of the actress tonight. So, um, I, I enjoyed it. I, there are some flaws you guys have pointed out rightly. Um, I don't like the way it portrays Atticus, you know, a little bit and, but other than that, I enjoyed the episode a lot. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like it a little more now that we, we talked it out a little more. So it filled in some of my questions or, or issues I had with the episode. Um, I, I I do wish they would the the, the season would, would be more focused story i mean obviously they're they're going somewhere uh, i don't know where they're going um i do know that some of the reviews i read that there are, people are upset with this episode because as as barrett just mentioned it portrays atticus in a, a a way that's absolutely nothing like like the book um so i can i can see issues there or or, or concerns that people had with that uh but for me personally um yeah it was all right i'm i, I I'm hoping to get back to Ruby's story again. Uh, so far, I think that episode may be my favorite episode. Um, and if they go back there, I, I think I may like uh, where where her character is going more than any of the rest. But uh, yeah, that's my thoughts. Uh, Mike? Yeah, I would probably peg this as my third favorite episode of the series so far. Again, it's out of six. So that's kind of above middle of the pack. So, um, but I still liked, I think, you know, my, my second favorite would be the Ruby episode last week. And I, they still think the pilot is the best. Um, I, I think it's the last two episodes have been much better than the episodes two, three, and four. Um, the, maybe they're, they're figuring it out now and they're finding their way. um, but this is the kind of story that seems like they should have had this whole thing kind of locked down before they were filming. Um, I don't know I, I'm I'm hoping they tie it all together at the end. You know, as things like you know, there, there are things that we've mentioned from the beginning that seemed like they were going to be coming back to, uh, like the meaning that they're they're laying some seeds that'll make more sense later on, and maybe that will enrich the story in hindsight. 
and that's kind of hoping where they're going. But still, it's it's taking a step in the right direction. Still not, I don't think, a great series, but um, it's one I, th- I think is becoming more respectable uh, as it's going on. All right, uh, Kevin. Uh, I'm. This was an interesting one. I don't have favorites really. Um, I mean, yeah, the first one was good, probably the best one. But like I said, for the rest of them, uh, no, I they're they're all kind of even to me. Uh, this one was just in, I mean, because they all have their interesting parts to, uh, of themselves. This one was interesting just because one we see the background, like we see, all right, who is this Korean person? You know, what does she have to do with Atticus? You know, we see a very like people were complaining about the character of Atticus, you know, being, you know, a bad person. Uh, you know, sometimes war will do that to a person. They will, they will make, they will make a person, a bad person. But at the same time, uh, we also see Atticus. Uh, he was bad. We see him become, uh, well, if I may repentant, we see a man who, regrets very heavily what he's done he he hates what he has done it used to be he was just following orders and he didn't seem to have a problem with it but now he has a problem with it he very much regrets it and it's almost like he wants to live the rest of his life to i wouldn't say make up for it but definitely change and not be that guy from the war and uh you know and for for that you know i can understand you know, the, the, the repentant side of, of things. And like, you know, and he was saying, I did bad things in Korea. Now we know what those bad things are. And, but the thing is, is that when we go back to him now, we see him as somebody really trying to change his life and really trying to become a better man. And so from that, I do not, um, I do not dislike this uh, episode um, for what they did with Atticus, you know, despite what the other critics say, because it kind of shows where Atticus was. And now we can see what he's becoming or at least what he's trying to become. And I still say that if you're going to meet some woman that you've never met before and all of a sudden all the lights go, all the all the candles go on, run. No way, man. You stay. It's going to be good. Yeah, you're going to, but never mind. <laughs> I'm running. Actually, I probably wouldn't be putting myself in that situation in the first place. But yeah, if I'm with someone, if I'm going somewhere and all of a sudden all the candles light up on their own, I'm running away terribly fast. All right. Uh, so there's four episodes left. Uh, I am Jigga Bobo Rewind 1921, which may be something that Mike thinks is going to happen with the. Atticus going back in time and full circle. Next week's I Am uh, is directed by Charlotte Sealing, who's a Danish uh, director and actress mostly, uh, though she has come to the States and has uh, done um, television series over here, including some of uh, Homeland. Uh, So uh, she'll be directing. um, And then... uh, Misha Green is co-writing the screenplay again uh, with someone named Shannon Houston. Uh, September 27th, it will come out. Um, So that's pretty much it. So uh, 
I guess that's pretty nice. So, uh, Mike, why don't you leave us out? All right. Well, thank you once again for tuning in to this episode of uh, Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country. Uh, if you'd like, please check out any one of the other uh, sister podcasts in the Dark Discussions Podcast Network. Please come and visit us on the Dark Discussions group Facebook page or email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com or on uh, was it Twitter is Dark Discussions one. Uh, dark Discussion one. No S. OK, dark. Well, Dark Discussion one on Twitter. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes and join us again next week where we cover episode seven. Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? On that day, I run to the rock. Please hide me, I run to the rock. Please hide me, I run to the rock. Please.